go ahead, punch me, why don't ya? And it feels... <laughs> I don't even know if it felt like it was an old movie. It just kind of felt like an episode of Law & Order. Dum -dum. <laughs> I'm sorry, I've only watched Law & Order SVU. Welcome back to the Salami Roses. This is your host, the fun one, Alex. And Pam. Scout. Ryan. Jordan. This week we read The Silent Patient by Alex Michaelides. Ryan, can you give us a little introduction on the book that you chose? Sure. So this would, I guess, be a murder mystery, but more of a, maybe a psychological murder mystery because mm -hmm. they introduce the murderer in the very first sentence of the book. So it's not really a mystery in that sense. And what I would say is, uh, if you have any intention of reading this book, you should stop listening now, because it will completely ruin the experience for you. What did you say, Jordan? You, if you had a wish, what would it be? Um, if I could read anything, or experience anything for the first time again, it would be reading this book. So Jordan and I both had read the book previously, so our experience would be a little different this time, but mm -hmm. yes. So, is it anybody just want to make comments about how you felt about the book? What your uh, experience, your experience reading, reading it? it? I really liked it. it. It definitely kept me on edge. It was an interesting twist, and I felt almost betrayed by the end. Mm -hmm. Especially last week, we list, we read the guest list, and one of those questions was how trustworthy is each narrator. And in this, it really hit me whenever everything was turned upside down that narrator. the narrator was absolutely just not trustworthy at all. Yeah, I really enjoyed this book. I sat down on Monday to start it, and then Wednesday, Thursday night, I sat down and I read it for about four hours and finished it. I kind of wanted to do that the whole time I was reading it, but I just didn't have time, so it definitely kept me engaged the entire time I was reading it, which was nice. Mm -hmm. Are you an adult with responsibilities or something? You have to put down the book sometimes? Yeah. That's upsetting. Like, I have to go to work. Oh. Yeah, so I can provide for my dog. <laughs> <laughs> and what did you think of the twist? The twist? I kind of saw it coming. Um, really? Yeah. I, I was thinking about it at the beginning when he was talking about their similarities and, and their... I guess their mental issues and seeing a psychiatrist and having like weird upbringings as children and then his obsession with like getting to work with her was really weird to me and then once we got into the whole I'm seeing a man and it's like creepy I guess this is like going through almost the whole book but once he started following the guy that Kathy was seeing I was like it's him like I knew it from there wow yeah I thought it was weird that he had to work with her I thought that was kind of odd but then that the chapter where he starts like kind of obsessing about the guy that his wife is seeing I'm like oh he's becoming the, the stalker yes, but you he thought is. he's becoming the stalker figuratively not right. literally six years before that there Correct. was those time yeah jumps. like I, I was like ah so but, you saw the time jumps in the book you knew they were jumping six years in the past probably about like halfway through I was starting to get that it wasn't like he was coming home from the Grove and he was seeing her. There wasn't like any mention of him being at work and talk because he would have gone home and talked about Alicia all night long if he could have. 
but he wasn't and i think that was a little strange because when they were talking at all he, they, he wasn't talking about work contrary to the rest of the book he's literally always talking about work i didn't really think about that just like patient doctor confidentiality i took it off as he might in passing mention something about a patient but i don't think he would be bold enough to mention any names but of course at the end he goes home to current time Kathy and actually says Alicia Berenstein, Berenson, however you say her name, to Kathy and it's like just totally name dropping a patient, which is not necessarily okay. But I didn't get the twist until probably right once he started talking about watching the house was when I was like, oh, this is not good. I know where we are now. Yeah, I didn't, uh, the first time I didn't get it at all. And even the second time, I thought the clues were subtle, but he did such a good job transitioning the time jumps that there was no indication that there was a time jump. Because he would say things at the end of the chapter, he would be talking to somebody at work and say, you should go home. And then the next chapter started, I went home and talked to Kathy. Mm -hmm. um, so I didn't think there was any indications in there um, that there was that time jump. Even like I said, even reading it the second time, knowing that there yeah. were time jumps. Once, once I got there, I wanted to look back in the book and just like search for any indication of hints of it. But I did finish the book last night, so I didn't necessarily have time. I have some markers in here. Oh, let's go. Yeah, hit um, us. I think the most telling one actually is like at pretty close to the beginning, like within the first 100 pages. He's sitting and talking to Alicia and he says... He says, I want to help you, Alicia. I need you to believe that. The truth is, I want to help you see clearly. At, at this, Alicia looked up. She stared at me right through me. And then, you can't help me, her eyes shouted. Look at you. You can barely help yourself. You pretend to know so much and be so wise, but you should be sitting here instead of me. Which is kind of implying, like, you know. Yeah. Like, he's saying, like, he's she's saying you should be sitting here instead of me because you did this thing. Well, and you find yeah. out later that he uses that phrase, that's when she he, realizes it's him, because um, he uses the same phrase. He says, I want to help you see clearly, and that's what he says to her yeah. that night. Yeah, so there are definitely there are definitely clues throughout it. You know, she attacks him, which it, in retrospect is a real clue that yeah. she recognized him. Okay, should we jump into the questions? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The story begins with the revelation Alicia murdered her husband. Why do you think the author made this admission at the very start? I don't know. Maybe to just keep us guessing because it can't be that simple. The whole time I was hoping it wasn't her. For some reason, I was rooting for her. So in the end, I was a little disappointed that she actually did kill her husband. Yeah. I don't know why he did that at the beginning. But why would you say? Well, I, I, I thought it was he did it at the beginning. And then the whole time I'm trying to think, well, she didn't actually do it. Mm -hmm. There were no witnesses. It was something. There was going to be something else that was, you know, that happened. Right. And so I spent most of the time trying to figure out who was really? the actual yeah, murderer. Yeah. Yes, that's what I did too. I think too... Because I didn't want it to be her. So coming out right and saying this was her, and then, of course, we don't want it to be her, but because you're told that, you don't have any idea of that the narrator would potentially be involved by getting to that at the very beginning. Yeah, I just thought it was a different way to have a murder mystery and that that didn't necessarily at all mean that she was the actual murderer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because that was, in this case, Theo just saying, well, she murdered her husband, but she was tried and convicted, so that wouldn't necessarily be... True. 
True, right. It could have been just, but that's where they were setting it up. And then there were certainly other characters throughout that that could have been the murderer. I really love the twist of finding out about Dr. West with Christian being involved in that story in any significant way. It it had me on the mindset that clearly the author wanted me to think it could have been Christian who did something. I was back and forth between all of the people because there was so much just distrust between all the characters as they discussed different points in the past with Theo. At one point, I suspected the female doctor. Oh, Ingrid? Yeah, because she was so, like, peripheral. So I was like, oh, I don't trust her. <laughs> looking, looking back, it is really interesting how they had all previously kind of worked together and you could tell there was a lot of tension. And obviously there was that very explicit tension with Dr. West. But I did kind of enjoy that weird, the weird vibes that everyone was giving off to Theo that you weren't necessarily thinking there's something wrong with Theo. You think they just had disagreements before. Like I trusted him completely, but they gave me a reason to root for him, finding out that his wife was cheating on him. Even though I thought that that was happening in present time, it made me sympathetic towards him, which made me trust his narrative more. I think he starts like that to make you trust Theo. You're automatically just trying to figure out like Alicia and figure out if she's like a murderer or not. And it takes the attention away from Theo. So you're not paying as much attention to who he is and trying to figure out if he would do this thing or not. Okay, next question. Alicia's diary plays a key role in the book. What purpose do you think it serves? And does your perception of Alicia change the more you read? I think, well, I mean, I think it, it gives you Alicia's perspective when in present time she's not really talking a lot. But I also think, like, the first time I read it especially, it made me, like I said, you're trying to figure out, you think Alicia didn't do it, so you're trying to figure out, like, who did. But... I think there's also various perspectives on that where it's like her diary is like her perspective and it makes a lot of sense and you can like understand her side and then you hear from like Dr. West who's like she was totally out of her mind like she was always saying people were following her and stalking her so I think it, it it's just kind of difficult because it's you get a lot of different perspectives but it may, I felt like it made me more sympathetic to Alicia and like understanding her side. It frustrated me with her journal that it felt almost more like a transcript of events rather than someone's personal thoughts half the time because mm -hmm. we got direct quotes and conversations out of it that felt really out of place in a journal and that didn't stand out to me a whole lot until Theo's talking about how she had her confession to him and he talks about having to be able to transcribe everything that they talk about for 90 minutes I was like so if it were your journal, it would make a lot of sense that there are direct quotes in it. But why did Alicia quote so many like full on conversations word for word, rather than putting in things about how her and Gabriel argued over the fact that he doesn't think that anyone's watching her. Whereas instead she puts in these quotes and conversations that felt off-putting to belong in someone's journal. I think too, it's interesting how like they say in the book that like, when he's looking, when it's from Theo's perspective, looking at the journal, it's, there's like, he says that it's all out of order and there's like arrows and everything going places. And so it does seem kind of interesting that like it has like full on like detailed conversations and every like, every details in there when they imply when they're looking at the journal that it's like very chaotic and it looks like it came from someone who was like not 
in a place to really be noticing every detail about every conversation she has. Like, I, I took some of those to be later entries into the journal, that she was still entering into the journal while well, she was in the hospital. No, because remember he says once he finishes the journal, like where where he does, he, oh, that's yeah. everything. You're right. Because yeah. then she adds that last entry at yep. the very end. I did like that you were getting Alicia's perspective, even if we don't know how much we could trust it. Essentially, all we're hearing from the actual book is what Theo is thinking. We're not hearing anything about what Alicia's actually thinking. So getting to hear that, whether or not it was true or not, um, did give her a voice in the entire 250 pages that she didn't talk at all. So mm -hmm. It even felt just like a refreshing break from Theo sitting and talking about how she feels based on her eyes or her body language. I enjoyed the change to the journal just because it felt like a change of pace in a way that like a new chapter doesn't quite do. Yeah, I, I just thought, I thought the purpose it served was Alicia can't talk. Yeah. And so, and and it was, it was a method to move along the story and the investigation into what happened because if you don't have Alicia's input into that, then there is no backstory. There, there's no... We don't have any... There's no Dr. West. There's no Max. There's no other person that would even be... That you would even have reason to suspect that might have done something unless you gave Alicia some kind of a voice. And so since she's not speaking, that was the only way they could do that, I thought. In a traditional mystery like murder mystery, there's always evidence. There's something new that can be found. And I think without the journal, we won't get that. Even just like word of mouth from Alicia currently doesn't stand up to her thoughts from six years ago. So that gave us a good way to introduce new stuff. And for a while, I didn't realize that no one else had the journal until it was revealed that Alicia had been keeping it to herself and no one else had seen it until she gave it to Theo. Why the, but why do you think she gave it to Theo? I mean, she knew it was him. Well, she suspected it was him, right. but she wasn't sure it was him till the end. When yeah, she was telling she... him the story, and she and she lied because she wanted to see his reaction. Oh, okay. At first, she thought it was him because the eyes looked the same, mm -hmm. and he used that same phrase, mm -hmm. which is why she attacked him. But then she went back and said, "Well, maybe that's not him," mm -hmm. and started to second guess that. Okay, Alicia's silence is related to the Greek myth of Alcestis. Alcestis. I don't know. Alcestis. That's what Google Translate said. Alcestis. 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 Yes. Okay. By the way, Ryan. Thank you. <laughs> How do you feel about the story of the myth? Why do you think Alicia is silent? The myth is really sad because it's just essentially someone sacrificing their loved one, and then it kind of brings to light as we find out exactly what did happen to Alicia. And I'm not sure. I thought it was just weird that when she stopped talking, she just said, well, I had nothing to say. And then she had the painting and named it Alcestis. And it it just makes me really curious. I don't actually think that she just couldn't speak for some mental reason. I feel like she chose not to speak. And maybe it was because she really liked that story. And then when all of that was happening, she could see all the similarities. That's basically what happens in the story is kind of what happens to her where mm -hmm. Gabriel was like, essentially was going to let her die instead of him. And I think when she says like, I have nothing to say, I don't know if it's just because she loved the story so much 
or I think it's because she did kill him, so it's not like she was going to defend herself or anything. So yeah. She's just going to stop talking, where it's kind of like she didn't have anything to say because she did it. Like, she can't defend herself, so. I believed that initially after she did it, there was some state of shock that could have stopped her from speaking for a period of time. Mm-hmm. I think that that's totally believable, but after she made that, like, personal connection to Alcestis. Because mm-hmm. when did she paint that? That was after she killed her husband, but before the, the police came? Not before the police. Not before the police came, but, but before trial. It was clear that she had made the connection because she had seen the play a few days before with Jean-Felix. And so she's an artist. There was that connection in her mind, so why not keep it going? Mm-hmm. I, I also agree with Scout on the fact that it was weird how long she chose to stay silent. But also, why bother speaking? There's no reason to defend yourself if you did it. If you feel like you've died, why do you want to heal? I had a hard time drawing the connection between her and the painting. Like, I, or the story. Especially, like, when um, Theo is relating it back to her dad. And her dad initially killed her because he said that it should have been her, her that died instead of the mom. I thought it was a heart. I thought it, the stretch, I don't know. I didn't quite get that. The part of the dad, he was trying to figure out why it was Alcestis, right? That was what he was trying to argue about. He was trying to figure out what drove her to actually killing him. Mm -hmm. Because he doesn't want to take the blame. He doesn't want to feel guilty for that. Mm Because like he says, whenever he has the rock in his hand. You're jumping ahead, okay? (laughs) Ahead on the questions? Yeah. Am I jumping ahead (laughs) on the questions? Yeah. Oh. What does that have to do with Alicia being silent? (laughs) Oh. <laughs> oh. Sorry. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. I just didn't... I think, actually, Alex's point, it's more of that artistic expression. She had seen the play. That person in the play, the husband, basically sacrificed... It was either him or his wife. Yeah. He let his wife die. And she drew the like that correlation mm-hmm. immediately to that. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah. And I guess more of like in the artistic sense of things, that just became, I am this person, they were silent, I'm going to be silent, and yeah. what's the point of going on? And then got drugged by Dr. West, ironically. Yeah. Bad, bad luck all around for Please her. don't <laughs> tell on me. Okay. I did something bad. So, Alex. <gasps> yes. Theo's motives to work with Alicia are complicated. Do you think he wanted to help her? No. I think he wanted to help himself. He says, like, after the whole, what actually happened is revealed, he says, I want to make something clear. I didn't think she'd actually do it. Mm-hmm. I think he, he wants to, like, not help her, but he wants to help her because he feels guilty about the fact that, like, he pushed her to do this thing and now it's, like, ruined her life, essentially. Like, I think he, f- he feels some type of companionship with her because they were both getting cheated on. And he, he wants to help her to help himself feel better about the fact that he, you know, led to her murdering this person and then like ruined her life. Like I think he, yeah. But I mean, he's helping her to help himself. N- yeah, that's right? what I mean. It's that's like, what you're talking he doesn't, about. He doesn't want to help her. He wants to help her so that he can feel better about what he did. Like, yeah. Yeah. Cause what I was saying before Ryan rudely told me to stop talking. Um, hey, don't jump ahead, okay? I have a list of questions that we're going to get to in order, okay? But talking about all of that, he it was clear that he wanted to figure out what drove her to that because he didn't want to believe that it was him. 
He needed there to be something in her past that could push her to kill her husband. And it felt like a huge stretch to draw back to that ex that exact moment where her and Paul are sitting on the roof and she leans over and says, he killed me, right? Is that what she says? Mm -hmm. Yeah, about her dad. About her dad. That felt too much like a stretch to me to be her connection to Alcestis. So mm -hmm. I felt much better once we actually got around to finding out that he actually chose to live over Alicia. Gabriel did. Yeah, so exactly. It, that didn't make sense that she was... I can't even pronounce How do you say it? Alcestis. Alcestis. Based on her father and saying that, that seemed right. a very strange mm -hmm. leap, yeah. as you said. So he never thought that she would actually kill him in that moment. Mm -hmm. And then he, he was consumed with, well, why did she do that? You know, why wouldn't she just get up and leave? whatever the case may be. Because he said he did feel a connection to her and wanted to help her see who her husband was. Mm -hmm. Right? But, yeah, I think he was just... He didn't expect it, and then she did it, and then he felt guilty about that and was looking for... There's got to be some reason besides me. Exactly. Because, like I was saying about The Rock, he has The Rock in his hand whenever he's approaching Gabriel from behind, and then he catches himself, says, I'm not a murderer... I need to be more creative about how to go with this. He says, despite my best homicidal fantasies, I wasn't a murderer. I couldn't kill him. I'd have to think of something cleverer than that. Even from his point of view, he's making sure that you know, I didn't kill anyone. Just so we're clear. Him. It wasn't me who killed Gabriel. It was still her. Mm -hmm. But why did she do it? Yeah. Right. Because it couldn't possibly be me yeah. being Gabriel. You mean being Theo. Oh, yeah. I think he believed... That he wanted to help her mm -hmm. because okay. of the guilt that he had for what he did and the and, and he pushed her into that situation. And so he believed that he wanted to help her get past whatever the issue was, never thinking that she would ever know it was mm -hmm. him that was in the house because mm -hmm. he had the mask on. He's also a little delusional, though. Yeah. He so, was so... There's literally. no reason for him to go there. There, Well, there was no reason for him to tie up the man that's cheating with his wife and then try and make him choose between his life and... and that. I'm just saying he's crazy to begin with. Mm -hmm. not a, a sane person wouldn't tie somebody up like that. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> Fair. So Fair. it's not as surprising that he, he would be so obsessive and want to go talk to her just because of the way that he already acted in the past. Which we didn't know he did that. But in hindsight. Yeah, I think that's right. Because he has this delusion that I was trying to help her in the first place. Mm -hmm. And then I put her in a bad spot and she did the wrong thing. But now I, I feel like help I need her. to help her now. And it, mm -hmm. Like all of his delusion and all mm -hmm. of his okay. like, self-love. Self but I was thought it was also really strange. At the end, why did he go and then say, hey, she didn't try to commit suicide. Somebody tried to kill her. Right, because he would have been he would have got off scot free if she had just tried to kill herself. But then he tried to frame Doctor right. West. Well, he it was interesting because he was like someone tried to frame her for like trying to kill herself because they put like the pills out. Yeah, and stuff. I don't but, think she actually did try and kill herself. No, no. Right, but yeah. he was the one who tried to kill her and then would have been the one to like frame her like that. So it's just interesting how like why would you put in all the work to like make it look like a suicide when you when you were the one who did it and then to be the one to be like oh this was actually a murder like why would you put in the work to make it look like a suicide if it you were gonna tell everyone it was a murder. I think he was convinced no matter what people were gonna see 
that she was injected. Any kind of autopsy could prove what the cause of death was. And then if he... And if he, he used more. If he was the one who pointed it out. Well, I also... Scout needs to say that's a way that he's protecting himself if she wakes up. Right. Because oh. he he needs to be able to say someone did this to her. Because if she does wake up, she's going to say, someone injected me with something. Mm. And then I, like... Oh, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. and she... And th- it's possible that she could misidentify at that point. Which is why he said, I think it was Dr. West. Because she could just say, well, he did this to me. And he could be like, well, she's she's not thinking straight. She's just woken yeah. up. That kind of thing. So it's him protecting himself. I just thought I he agree. way overthought that. Because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they'd already blamed it on... Right. What's the What was the intern or the... Yuri. Yuri. I mean, they'd already blamed it on Yuri. Like, you'd have been... So why not leave it? Yeah, that's yeah. fair. But I just thought it was all part of his, like... Just delusional. Like, yeah, because yeah. he's because then I'm like, oh, now you're and now you just want to tie it up with a bow and get Dr. Christian West, as yeah. well because you think he, he did had something an wrong? easy way to point at him. Yeah, I so guess. why not make it a more solid target? Yeah, than Yuri. I, yeah, and, and he has the journal, so he well he had the journal, but, so he could look right in the journal and say they have this past. This is why he wanted to kill her. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just thought that's that's overthinking it right there. <laughs> you know, just okay, she committed suicide. Oops. I'm scot-free. Yeah. <laughs> well, he has a history of doing that because he technically got off scot-free with the first thing he did, and then he had to go back to the grove and, like, track her down and, like, you know. He wanted to feel good. He wanted yeah. to feel good. Okay, so both Alicia and Theo had difficult childhoods. Early on, Theo says that no one is born evil, that who we become depends on the environment into which we are born. By the end of the novel, he appears to change his mind, saying that perhaps some of us are born evil and despite therapy we remain that way which do you think is true i have something to say about this he says like pretty quickly in the book that he thinks that well he's looking for something in alicia's childhood that caused her to be violent because he says it like he definitely bites into the like psychological idea that like everything comes from our childhood and like experiences we have as a childhood and so he's like well alicia was violent so there must be something violent in her childhood and then he also details violence that he saw as a child that he experienced frequently as a child he kind of gave us that like hint doesn't he say everyone who is violent saw it as a child but not everyone who saw it as a child became violent yes i think he does say that Right. Well, but still, he he's like, well, Alicia has to have seen violence. Like, there must be violence in someone's childhood. And then, like, mm. and then, and it almost the way he t- tells us about his childhood seems almost really insignificant to the story. You know, where it's just kind of like, oh, this happened to me as a kid, and now I work at the Grove. Yeah. Like, it's pretty and, random. Oh, by the way, I stalked somebody and tied them up. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so which do you think is true, though? What are the choices? Yeah. <laughs> Whether or not someone are, are is people born, born evil, evil or oh. are do they become evil based on experience? That's just like the generic nature versus nurture. Yeah. And I think that both play think, a part, but mm-hmm. nurture almost always takes precedent mm-hmm. because when you're forming, it's the nurture that kind of forms you. There can obviously obviously be some stuff in your just nature. You're born a certain way. But a lot of that is just being developed by how you grow up, who you grow up with, what experiences you have. Like like three identical strangers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, I think it's kind of a combination of the both. I do think a lot of it is nurture, though. Because like, even when you look at the, the stuff that Theo talks about in his past, like 
his dad was a very violent person, but then even like he says one day when his dad went out, like he and his mom built a snowman and then just like attacked the snowman because they said that it was like his dad. So even, even his mom showed him that like violence is how you deal with anger, you know, where it's like hated his dad. And so they did the symbolic like attack on his dad. I do think a lot of this case is nurture. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I don't know. You know, that's more of a question completely outside of the book, right? right the book yeah. doesn't really... No, yeah. Theo definitely feels that way. I think it's pretty clear that his character subscribes to that idea as far as, do I think it's true? I'd say probably for the most part. People learn things and you learn behaviors and you learn what's acceptable. Mm -hmm. But then I think there are certain people that are just... And maybe they were, you know, their life experience made them that mm -hmm. way. But people that are, you know serial killers they're born and there's just something there, there's that's some, wrong with there's their something brain. just yeah, yeah there it's not just totally oh well i saw you know my dad beat up my mom so now i you know torture and kill people mm -hmm. there's there's a combination there to get yeah. to that extreme mm -hmm. um, i'm sure there has to be yeah but i think but i think people can also do things that they kill somebody in the heat of the moment that are not necessarily because they saw something in childhood i mean mm -hmm. i think there are reactions no, that yeah. people have because there's not necessarily any indications in alicia's past that she has any violent tendencies right, right? Mm -hmm. so her shooting gabriel was completely out of left field for everyone that knew her. knew her mm -hmm. everyone knew that she had a screw loose as they said mm -hmm. that she had psychotic episodes especially after her dad died but there was no indication of violence in her past just severe mental issues mm -hmm. everybody talked about it like it was this one-off weird fluke that happened mm -hmm. that there was some kind of break which is what theo was trying to figure out right yeah exactly do you think he figured it out i think he did <laughs> in his mind <laughs> pam what do you think hmm. i don't i don't know that i have i think i agree with alex that i think it's a combination of nature versus you know but that Nurture oh. plays a big part of it, if you're asking me about that. Tyler disagrees. <laughs> she got hit in the face with the dog. <laughs> okay, today's podcast is brought to you by Body Armor. Super drink. Yeah, fruit punch flavor. Scout's drinking the strawberry, strawberry grape. We're all big fans of. We have some it, blue raspberry. We have some blue high. raspberry, just in case. So yeah, superior hydration. Do you Body have armor. Information on where it was manufactured. That seemed like an important point. It was last time. <laughs> um, it was man oh, manufactured by BA Sports Nutrition in New York, New York. You can download our coupon off of our official website, thesalamiroses.com. We don't own that. <laughs> We're not actually willing to pay for that. Yeah. At this point. $10 is too much. $10 is too much a year. Hi there. All right. Are we going to have the nice music for the... Oh, yeah. 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 That's nice. such a nice touch. It's such a nice touch. Yeah. Really Bring us back. Okay. Another one. Okay, so question number six... Interestingly, because similar to the question from the last book, but weather plays a large role in this book, such as the heat wave during the summer. What purpose do you think the description of the weather serves in the novel? 
I'm gonna say I disagree. Yeah. Just with the person who wrote this question, I don't think weather plays that large of a role in the book. Uh, yeah. The, yeah. There's only I, the one only, time I think of weather. The only thing that I really think of when they're talking about weather is when Professor Diomedes. He was saying, "Oh, it's gonna oh, snow." Yeah. And, I know the And weather. Theo's like, "It's not gonna snow. I'm pretty sure and it's he's gonna like, rain." No, 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 no. You don't get it. It's gonna snow. Yeah. He's like, "My family comes from like a line of Greek farmers, and like we know what snow clouds look like." And then it snows <laughs> at the end, and like that's pretty much it. That's the only thing that's really significant. When it about rains, weather. it pours, my dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. I I don't think what he weather played. served much of any yeah, purpose I in the book. It didn't zero about the could, weather. I mean, were there differences in weather that we should have noticed in the change in time gaps that I just didn't pick up on? Maybe. I didn't think twice about the weather in the book. I thought about it once. When Scout mentioned about Professor or Dr. Yeah, Diomedes like bringing up that it was going to snow, and I was like, that, but... okay, at the end. end. Diomedes is always right. There's your lesson. He wasn't right then. He wasn't right. It rained. It rained. It didn't snow. That, yeah, that first day it rained. Yeah, yeah so those clouds snow didn't have snow. It's hard to know how long the different time frames actually last, though, because there's mm -hmm. time jumps. So, how long is he actually even working with Alicia? Don't know. That's I, I don't point. know. Yeah. Okay. Do you think the world of a psychiatric unit was convincingly portrayed? How do you feel about Diomedes and the other psychiatrists? Well, I know when I've been in a psychiatric <laughs> unit, <laughs> um, they were very different from that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. I have no basis the, of reference for that question. The use of the term borderline yeah, is what? very outdated. So that was pretty surprising that they were using that mm -hmm. pretty frequently. Maybe it's a British thing. I thought they, in the book when they used it, they talked about it. That, well, that's not really an appropriate term to use. I thought they said Did that Did you feel book. that? Okay. I, well, I got that impression. It was, but... it was Dr. West who kept saying it and Theo was like, stop saying that. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so I don't know if that's my own like bringing my own pre-knowledge of it into it or yeah. that. But that was my impression that he thought that was an inappropriate okay. diagnosis. Yeah. I don't know that, though. I, I didn't just, even notice. Every time he said it, I think I more than seeing what, how Theo reacted, I was like, that is really not a cool thing to say. Yeah. So part of it, I would say, is I thought it was, especially the interaction between the psychiatrists was what not what I would expect between mm -hmm. doctors in a professional environment, that there was so much you know, tension and disagreement and one person's giving them all kinds of medicine. And, you know, I just kind of expected maybe that would be different. But looking back on it, that's Theo's perspective. Yeah. Who has all this animosity towards Dr. West. And mm -hmm. so everything is colored by what he's saying and who knows what it's really like in there. Yeah. And then you have the, the one guy who's dealing drugs to the patients. And it just seems like that wouldn't happen in a real psychiatric unit. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. The... Probably the most realistic part of it, the whole thing to me was what's her name, Aleph, Elif, Elif, the the patient, I thought that Aleph, Elif. Hey, I thought that that other patient, E L I F, the one that wrote that one that defaced the painting was slut. I don't know if it was a realistic representation, but it felt the most palpable part of reading about being in the ward, that there are gonna be disagreements, there's gonna be situations like that. Bud to a head, because none of these people are in great places mentally, so of course they're going to push each other's buttons, try and cause issues. 
And I thought that her representation of someone who might be in a unit because they don't really control what they say or how they deal with other people seemed semi-realistic to me. Someone didn't silence their phone. (laughs) Jordan, silence your phone next time, please. My phone is silent. Who who in this room would have the Back to the Future little... Scout. Jingle. Scout what? That was Scout's uh, phone, my, actually. My phone is actually Close Encounters of the Third Kind right now. Ooh, so, nice. Yeah. Otherwise, I thought Diomedes was weird. He had all the music, musical the instruments in his office. I thought that that was just odd. Weirdly random. It didn't feel like it fit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I would be interested to see the author's life experience or interactions with any psychiatric hospitals. Mental health care in the U.S. is also different than mental health care in the U.K. So, like, there's not really a way for someone, at least for any of us, to judge what it's like in the U.K. and if that would be normal or not. Right. But I also have no idea. Yeah. So. It would not be what I would expect. Mm-hmm. So, from that, yeah. even about... You know, have they have two patients who have, have a history of violent interactions, and then later Let they them allow them see. to like be together in the yard unattended and talk to the point that one gets stabbed in the eye. Maybe you wouldn't want a psychiatric unit to do that. Mm-hmm. You'd want to take a little more precaution if you know there's a history of violence between people. Okay, we never enter Kathy's mind in the book. Mm-hmm. Do you have any sympathy for her? Cheating is not the answer to your marital problems but it's also hard to see what she was thinking because we don't get to see that and so for us we only see her painted as a villain because Theo is the narrator but I feel a tiny bit of empathy for her especially after finishing the book because Theo's pretty crazy and we don't really know what their real interactions were like because we're only hearing it from his side yeah and it would also who knows the kind of feelings that she did have for Gabriel and he was murdered. So that also kind of stinks in a way. So that that's, that's kind generous. of that's that's yeah. those are my thoughts on that. But yeah. I I I don't know. I'm torn because I get, I understand what you're saying about like we only hear Theo's side and he's kind of proven to be a bit of an unreliable narrator. Mm-hmm. So we don't actually know what their relationship was like, but it is hard to feel sympathy for the parts of her that we got in the book. It's hard because it's like from Theo's perspective, like every little thing she does, like is like bad or like because I'm what I'm thinking of is like when she she finds his like weed, she gets really mad and is like kind of like that. But the way Theo paints it is, it's like no big deal. Like he just does it sometimes when she's not around, you know. So it's like from that perspective, it's like oh, why are you so like mad about it? But then when you think of it, like it's a reoccurring issue that is something that bothered her in their relationship that he didn't give up like it's it's hard because like you said we only get his side of things and he talks about it like it's not a big deal but also he mentions that he does it almost every time he finds time alone in the house without her Mm -hmm. it's not a casual thing that he's like Mm -hmm. i just do this on the weekends whenever Mm -hmm. i'm really feeling like i want it it is a whenever i find a moment alone away from kathy Mm -hmm. i do this behind her back true which is Obviously problematic, especially Mm -hmm. if she has already voiced her opinion on his use of it. Mm -hmm. It feels inappropriate and almost... eh, I mean, clearly it is a betrayal, not on the same level necessarily of cheating on your partner. But it's not like their relationship was built on trust. Exactly, yeah. He did mention, though, that he had 
a problem with smoking weed before yeah and then brought it up casually like it's okay like like he would be fine doing it in moderation but also it's a secret and that's kind of where you see it an issue because she's known about his problems in the past he's admitted them and now he only does it when she's not there right and part of that is probably shame because Mm -hmm. he's embarrassed that he's like back on it and he has a need for it which is also not good and so i think her it's just I, I just feel bad for her because he is lying to her and not in this not in the same magnitude that she is to him. I also didn't even think about having sympathy for her until this question. So Right. Yeah. That's yeah. also Yeah, I didn't, yeah, I didn't so, really consider during the book. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's really there's no one in the book that I feel like specific sympathy towards except for Theo when we initially find out his wife is cheating on him. I felt sorry for him in that moment because he was blindsided by something that is absolutely huge but also in that same chapter or the next one we find out that she finds out that he's been betraying her trust by smoking Mm -hmm. weed again. Mm -hmm. So yeah Yeah, but I I would say those are vastly different Mm -hmm. yes things yeah in, in my opinion and I actually thought you know, for her to like the way she reacted to finding the pot, I was like, well, you know, glass houses. Well, because well, <laughs> she was like, well, you've been lying to me, and it's like right after we find out that she's been lying to him, and right. it's just kind of like, I think, I think what it shows is that their relationship is not really a healthy one because mm-hmm. they're both like lying and keeping secrets, and then like obviously, I don't think that the like weed is the sick to the same magnitude as like as what she did but it's like they're both lying to each other and both keeping secrets and both mad about that like it's like it's just not a healthy relationship from the start you know exactly it's also just this tiny example that he used of her being mad at him Mm -hmm. and we don't get to hear any of the other probably really bad things that he did right so well they're both kind of passive aggressive like Mm -hmm. she was like you know right but but i I would also also (laughs) say all of this all that interpretation you didn't have when you were reading it because you don't think of Theo in that way exactly. Exactly. until yeah. the end. True. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's all. So maybe that's why in the book nobody thinks about that because he doesn't come across as any of those things mm-hmm. in the book because we're hearing it from his perspective. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's not exactly the most uh, trustworthy narrator. Now. Mm-hmm. Now we know that he's not a very trustworthy and now narrator. Now we know that he's not mm-hmm. a very trustworthy So it's actually a really good question if we think about it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, but I would say, yeah, I didn't certainly didn't have any in the book for her. No. And, and not not even at the end. She's still with him, but it's clear neither of them are happy with each other. Exactly. Yeah. So why would you feel sympathy towards her at all at this point yeah, either? She, she had all kinds of opportunities to... I mean, that was six years later. Exactly. They were yeah, still together six so, years later. It's so messed up that he essentially got her lover killed and he's just with her and she has no idea he didn't kill her okay and, and, but and, and, it wasn't me and she had no idea that he even knew about it yeah, yeah. Right. right that that's the other like because he tried to get a reaction out of her at the end by saying alicia's name right. in hopes that maybe there would be some kind of reaction knowing yeah, that she, she was, was with, with gabriel, gabriel. Mm-hmm. and maybe she knew his actual name but there was no reaction so there's always a chance that they didn't know each other's real names they were going off of their like email names that they had used with one another and that it was not ever meant to be something serious between the two of them it was just supposed to be casual cheating right 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I think she probably knew because he was killed, that she knew who he was. Well, yeah, and she probably knew he died, yeah. Uh, that's fair. Yeah, because yeah, I'm sure they had his picture all over. Oh, mm-hmm. true. So even That was probably big news before. in the town. Right. Yeah. That's town. fair. <laughs> in the town paper. The local news. The Herald. <laughs> the Herald. Okay, uh, next question was, what do you think happens at the end of the book? The last line is ambiguous. What is the last uh, line? Is it? What's the, the last, last line? Oh, it's the one. He's catching snow. He catches another snowflake. I don't, um, ambiguous in what, what way? Um, uh, it was clear the, he got caught. The detective knew he did it. Here, we can, we can go through it's, the last paragraph. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. As I listened, I looked up at the white clouds drifting past. Finally, they had opened. It had started to snow. Snowflakes were falling outside. I opened the window and reached out my hand. I caught a snowflake. I watched it disappear, vanish from my fingertip. I smiled, and I went to catch another one. Cool. Yeah, so, yeah. so they, the, the inspector had just read the line from her journal that said, Theo just left, I'm alone, I'm writing this as fast as I can. So he's caught. Yeah. And, and he's, like, he's, like, he's like listening to the story of, Alicia's story of what happened. I don't know how ambiguous that is. He's been caught. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I would think too. It's, it's pretty clear. Ambiguous in the sense that I like don't really know like what like why it's included because it's just like, oh, he's just crazy. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's, it's yeah. ambiguous or not really ambiguous because it's just like, I was just kind of like, what is what is this even supposed to mean? Like, it almost would have been better in my mind if it had just started to rain. And when he starts reading that, the sky opens up and it is just a downpour. Because finally everything that he had been doing the whole book came crashing around uh, where him. Where it says finally the clouds have opened. Right. And I like I get that meaning, but it doesn't feel quite as like heavy and symbolic as rain does. Mm-hmm. Snow almost always carries some kind of like feeling of hopefulness mm-hmm. I think in stuff to me. You're forgetting how important weather was in this book. Yeah, <laughs> weather okay. was super important. Don't get me wrong. That one line about snow. I really liked the <laughs> stuff about the snow. And also apparently a heat wave that was occurring that I don't remember. <laughs> All of that stuck out really clearly in my mind when Ryan read the question for sure. And I was reminded of it. Like, what do you think happens at the end of the book? I, I think, think he gets arrested. Gonna go to jail. Yeah. 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 For being. I a... guess it would be attempted. <laughs> it's not even a question. It's a statement. That last line is ambiguous. Because okay. <laughs> he reached out for another snowflake. Uh, Did he I'm, catch it? I'm guessing he caught a snowflake. <laughs> Whoa! And he watched it melt. Cliffhanger. So. <laughs> We're gonna need to wait for the sequel. I need a sequel. Yeah. <laughs> the sequel. It's okay. ironic, though, in the beginning of the book, he says, I'm not a killer, but in fact, he is. Like, he gave her the lethal dose of... Oh. oh he did. Yeah. Like, she didn't die, but essentially she died. Like, he gave yeah. her enough to... He intended to kill he tried her. And, no one, and they, say, yeah. they say pretty clearly that no one's really expecting her to wake up. I still can't believe he didn't let him just think it was a suicide. I just... Uh, I don't know, dude. Could have got away with it. <laughs> oh, well. And he found out why she did it, because her dad had done the same thing to yeah, her. Yeah, exactly. She so, died twice. Then. Yeah. Two times. Yeah. It's crazy. But she didn't talk that second time. <laughs> All right. It's a psychological thriller with a twist. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. a statement. <laughs> I, I agree. The author has said he was influenced by Agatha Christie. Mm-hmm. Do you feel this was simply a detective story, or are there other influences you can spot? I don't think it's a detective story at all. 
Like, mm. uh, well, I do, because the whole book is him trying to figure out why. Okay, yeah. Like, he knows what he did, right? Mm-hmm. And he's trying to figure out why she did it, and she won't talk. So he's trying yeah. to, like, investigate to find out why. Completely. Because she won't say it. Yeah, completely yeah. unorthodox for a yeah. therapist to go around yeah. talking, I mean, he's to at family talking to all his family but, members. Yeah. Like, he's creepy and psychotic, but, like... <laughs> he's prodding all these people, trying to get reactions. Yeah. In a way that you would think a detective would in, like, old movies. Oh, yeah. I, of the yeah. way that, like, go ahead, punch me, why don't ya? Mm-hmm. And it feels... <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if it felt like it was an old movie. It just kind of felt like an episode of Law & Order. Dum-dum. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've only watched Law and Order SVU, and I don't just, remember much of it. <laughs> Can that be the like? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I don't know that you can use that. Uncredited. Um, yeah, it's true. That is two whole notes. Yeah. Um, I probably wasn't slightly. even on the right pitch, so <laughs> does it go. really matter? <laughs> but I, I don't. I do think it felt like a detective story. But I'm I'm curious what other influences you guys think were there. I think it's interesting how much like psychology and like I've read another book by this author and it also talks a little bit about psychology I think but um like it's just it's interesting to me how much of that influences this particular author's writing and it makes me wonder if he has some psychology degree or something that like makes him so interested in exploring that side of like just human nature and like yeah stories. i would i would agree with that and the, there's the two things that i think were it's the the greek mythology part mm-hmm. and gotcha. the and the psychology part that mm-hmm. are kind of added to the psychological thriller part mm-hmm. and i do think it is somewhat of a detective story even if as i said they tell you who the murderer is but you spend the whole time feeling like there's going to be something else and something different happened and obviously right. it's very well, different but i you know i thought Oh, Max is going to be the killer, right? Or because of her journal entries, where he's attracted to her and all that, and so I do think it's that. But I think it's still the, the psychology is very is very important to it. Mm-hmm. And again, I agree with Jordan because we re- I read the same book she did, and it has Greek mythology in it, mm-hmm. and it and has a lot of psych like and psychological. And I think it's his, his other book, his next book as well. Oh, like it's interesting. It's interesting because I think like. A lot of books that I read, the main characters are, like, always writers because that's what the authors, I feel like, can relate to the most and, like, their perspective. So it's just interesting to me how this author, the two books that he has released are from the perspective of psychologists. It just makes me wonder about, like, his own. And incidentally, Theo is in the other book. Yeah, he, he, he has a Spoiler. cameo. Oh my gosh, you guys have your own little book club, it sounds like, outside of our book club. Wow. I'm feeling kind of left out. Welcome to well, my world. <laughs> <laughs> well, the problem is these books only take like a day to read, and we have three weeks to do it, so we have to do something. In okay, the well, they take me like a week to read, but you're just like a really fast reader, so you, you got a lot of time on planes. I got yeah. a lot of time on planes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you like play solitaire or something. <laughs> <laughs> Learn how to yeah. edit a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Scout can teach you. I can't learn new things. Editor in chief. Oh, there you go. There you go. All right. Anybody else on that one? Any other outside influences? I actually wondered the same thing. I asked Jordan if he was a psychologist. Mm-hmm. Mm. Does it give a bio? It, it gives a little bio it did, on the back. It doesn't say really He's much like about a, it. Yeah, English literature or something mm-hmm. major. Yeah, it didn't say.
Okay, so let's rate the book. Remember, we're on scale from one to five. Which Jordan hates. One to five. Even though she five rates every book she's ever written. Scale. I think. Even though she rates all of her books one to five. You know, we're stuck doing it out of five because that's what we did last time. Exactly. So five is the best. Yeah. Five is I the best. I think I asked that last week too. <laughs> <laughs> I think this was probably a four, maybe a little bit better than that 4.5. There were definitely parts of it where I felt like it lulled or it felt weird about what we were talking about. Like I said, Alice's or, or Alicia's journal, I thought it was weird how we had full transcripted quotes in it. So that kind of took me out of the story for a bit. But overall, I thought the story was great. I thought the twist was fantastic. I did not see it coming. So yeah, a good four out of five stars from me. I would give it a four out of five too. Cause I, I don't know. I kind of judge a book by like how into it I like. I couldn't put it down, so I think it was a pretty good book. Mm -hmm. Even though I knew mm -hmm. somewhat that there was a big twist coming, I didn't know exactly what it would be, but I kept waiting for it. But I definitely thought it was a good book because mm -hmm. I couldn't like. I got to a point and I was like, well, I have to, to finish. I have to read, which I don't do often. I would say, for me, a five because I really, really liked it. I don't love most books, and this one, if I could have read it in one day, I would have. Yeah. That really pesky life it. thing. The job. I know, right? Kyla has to be taken care of. She does. Okay. Me? Yes. Yeah. You, yeah. Oh, sorry. I would say, I don't know. The first time I read it, I definitely thought five, just because the twist, like, I didn't see it coming at all, and it was so mind-boggling to me I remember it was like probably one in the morning and I was reading in my room and I was like oh my god and no one was awake so I couldn't <laughs> tell anyone <laughs> I just had to go to sleep maybe it's just because I was rereading it so I already kind of knew everything that happened but it so I wasn't like I was just looking for like hints and stuff but I would say it's not it's not like the most fascinating book up until you get to like the end and it all like ties together in this really nice way. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really cool the way it's written. So I would probably say like 4.7. I think interesting. like what you were saying about The Sixth Sense, mm -hmm. you can pick up on things that you would have noticed before, but also things that weren't as good. So <laughs> I think that's something too, that if I reread this, I may not say it's a five. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what I would say about it is... I would give it a five because I can't think of a more memorable book that I've read. And mm -hmm. specifically the twist. Yeah. That that moment that you get that twist and the whole book kind of comes into focus and you see how it all ties together. The denouement. Is just as memorable as every anything I've read. Mm -hmm. And it's not the same watch reading it the second time. Right. Mm -hmm. Because you already know, you know, the payoff, you've already got it, you already had it. But the first time reading it is, I would definitely Crazy. give it a five. Mm -hmm. And well, that's where I say, when I recommend it to people now, I don't say anything yeah. about it because I don't even want them thinking about them being a, a big twist. twist. Yeah. Because there's plenty of things to think about is, is she really the murderer? Is she not the murderer? Right. Is there somebody else? What happened? And I just, and Jordan actually saw me. I was reading it here. Yeah. I felt, I felt bad. I wasn't like hiding it very well because like every like 10 minutes I think I like wanted to go and do something but I was like oh but he's so close so I, like every 10 minutes I was like what part are you at what's happening right now <laughs> yeah and I was like you're being weird 
But yeah, it, so that's why I would say the first time reading it, it's it's hard to imagine a book being much better or much more memorable. So right. that's where I would say it's a five. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, like when people ask me for book recommendations, this is the fir first book that comes to mind. So, you wanna, recommendations for next week or next month. Scout threw out the idea that we only recommend from people whose book has not been chosen. So we get to go through all five of us picking a book. Okay. okay. So Scout's not going to have a recommendation this week. Ryan's not going to have a recommendation like, this week. I, I love that idea. <laughs> <laughs> I Me love too, because I didn't think of one. <laughs> <laughs> Might be a little self-serving by Scout because she didn't come, or they didn't come with a book, but Whatever. I love it. I love it. Oh, you brought an actual book. Hmm. I brought the book so that I could actually hold it in my hand and describe it. Our listeners can't see that. Uh, yeah, that's because this is a podcast. Someday we'll have videos when we make enough money from the podcast. <laughs> but the book that I want to bring to the table for our next meeting is called Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin. It's the story of two friends named Sam Mazur and Sadie Green. Nope, not reading it. <laughs> <laughs> um, two friends that meet in childhood and we get to see their friendship and relationship between the two of them develop over the course of 30 years where they end up making video game together and you get to see kind of the turbulence of two people that know each other well and experience life side by side. I think that it is a phenomenal book and that's why I brought it today. So you've read it? I've read it. Okay. And I would happily reread it. All right, Jordan. Well, I recommended Malibu Rising, but I haven't read it, so I don't know much about what it's about. I know that I like the author, and the cover is cool. <laughs> a family, a family get together with secrets. Yeah, and they're in Malibu. So another mystery. Would you yeah. say you don't know much about it? Um, no, I would not. It's a say deep that. sigh. <laughs> Should I cue up some music for you? No. <laughs> and I would, I'm recommending the same one I did last week. I have not read this one. Um, it came as a recommendation, recommendation from a friend. Um, but according to Amazon. It it, oh, pardon. My apologies. It is called The Nightingale by Kristen Hanna. It is a New York, a number one New York Times bestseller, Wall Street Journal best book of the year, and soon to be a major motion picture. An unforgettable novel of love and strength in the face of a war that has enthralled a generation. So I'm going to vote for that one. That's my vote. Mm. The good news is we're going to read all three of these books anyway. Correct. Exactly. Right. I'm going to vote for The Nightingale as well. I was going to vote for that one. Because I've seen it recommended places. Tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. So then that would be a tie if I voted for that one. Or you could vote for Jordan's and guarantee your win. I mean, out of the two of yours, I would vote for yours. Just because it's going to be a movie. Well, that's like three. Ryan said. Yeah, exactly. That's three votes. So. Okay. That's three votes. So easy okay. win. Okay. Thank you for listening to the Salami Roses. These have been your hosts. Alex, Jordan, Ryan, Scout, Pam. On the next episode, we will be discussing The Nightingale by Kristen Hanna. Once again, thank you for listening. That's going to sound. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> we're just gonna hear a whack. <laughs> there was like, no, I thought we were saying bye as in goodbye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>